But hey, how are you? I'm glad you're here. Listen, I'm going to I'm going to be transparent before you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. This is the second time this morning I've tried to record this. The first one I realized I called I, I got too much of what you know, even though I meant not to, I got too much commentary in my teaching on what's going on in the world today. I'm gonna try, I'm not here to do that. I'm here to teach you the Word of God and, and to help you learn what Paul said in this case, Romans chapter 9, verse 1 is where it be. I hope that you'll take your copy. Get your copy of God's Word if you're not driving down the road and follow along with me as we'll read uh, Romans chapter 9, 1 through, through verse 5. But anyway, this is the second time. I usually don't do this. I usually, whatever comes out, mistakes and all, I usually go with the first step. But I got 22 minutes into what I was doing and I Oh my gosh, this just isn't it. This isn't what I want to say. It's not how I want to. Uh, I want to present uh, this study to you. And so, uh, if I get carried away, I will. I will try to get back on track. But I am going to try to send this. I'm going to send this to you. Broadcast. You know, uh, record this and get it out. I'm very encouraged today with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so I will say this. I'm going to take a completely different tack. I want to say this. Whatever's happened, whatever's been taken part in, can be overcome through the blood, through the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can become, because of Jesus, we can become the nation he wants us to be. We can become the people we ought to be. And I pray that's what happens. And I pray that what is happening in our streets, in our cities, I I pray that that helps us come to real revival. But here's something I know. When we look around at what's happening, it's a reminder not of police brutality and all this other stuff or bad politicians, and maybe they're both those things do exist, and certainly they do. But it's a reminder that we are lost and that we are lost nations. I, I lost nation. I'll never forget what uh, Jeremiah said. I learned it uh, in a January Bible study years ago at Greenville Springs Baptist Church in Greenville Springs, Louisiana. And uh, Brother Hall came in to teach us. And he turned one night to Jeremiah 20. He said, the harvest is past. The summer has ended. And still we are not saved. That's the way his translation that he read gave it to us. And I've never forgotten that. Look it up, Jeremiah 20. And the truth is that all the blessings and all the things have happened a lot has flowed through the river, flowed down the river, if you will. Still, we're not saved. I'm praying there's a change, there's a revival, there's a renewal, there's a refreshing in our country. But like Paul, and Paul is a is a man of God who had a change of life and came to see things different in a spiritual eye, and he understood that his people needed help, his people needed salvation, and they weren't getting it. And he was brokenhearted about it. And like Paul, I feel a little brokenhearted today when I read the headlines. And I realized the first time I tried to teach this lesson, like too much of those headlines uh, take a hold of my heart. And for that, I, I, I'm, I'm changing and I'm trying to teach the truth of God down. In Romans chapter 9, verse 1, here's what Paul said. I tell the truth in Christ. Not what's happening in the world, not, not what's taking place there, but what is happening in Jesus Christ and in this world. I tell the truth in Christ. Paul saw it differently than he used to see it. You see things differently than you used to see it when you come to Jesus. I tell the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience also bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continued grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covetous, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom the fathers, of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally, eternally blessed God. Amen. Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Paul is brokenhearted 
over the lostness of his people. Part of our problem today is that while we are the church of Jesus Christ, we at times think and act more like a religion of the world. Our concern is not the concern of a lot of religions. We're not trying to make a social statement. We're trying to make an eternal difference. This is where Paul uh, was personally. It broke his heart that his people were going to hell. Oh, I know that no one no one looks in the mirror and says, it doesn't bother me that people are going to hell. But think about this. When we don't seek the salvation of those we know who do not know Jesus, it means we don't care about it. When we don't put our money where our words are, 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 are that means we don't care about it. When we are as committed to our church as we are to our children's ball team, our own hunting club, it means we don't care about it at all. By examining the lives we lead, it is clear that we have little regard for men's souls. And I think the reason that is, is we've lost sight of the story, the, the terror of hell. Uh, listen, we should never lose sight of that. We should always understand that hell is not a movie to watch for entertainment. It is not the latest horror flick. Maybe you're a horror movie fan. I asked that uh, yesterday in church. Who liked horror movies? A couple of young people and one one lady who's uh, you know well in her 30s anyway. We'll say it that way. Uh, raise their hands. They liked horror movies, but hell is not like a horror movie. In the end, although we get scared, and when the movie ends, we know those actors go on to other parts and play in other things. And when we see other parts, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. He played such-and-such. Well, hell is not a movie to watch for entertainment. People don't go to hell for a time and get out. It doesn't happen that way. Hell is an eternal place. It is a terrible place. It is an eternal where people spend, well, the rest of eternity. Not based on what they did, based on what they didn't do. They didn't come to Christ. There will be all kinds of people in hell. We'll talk about that in a moment. But listen to me. We need, to, we need to make sure that we have not lost the idea of the horror of hell. It's not entertainment value. It's not a fable we share with those who have not heard a story about it before. It's not a campfire story. It's not a, you know, let's try to scare each other story. It is a reality that happens to people who reject Christ. It's not a place that's only talked about in whimsical ways. Uh, and, you know, I don't, I, you know, people do that with things. Hell is a place. It's a real place. And we must come to truth with that. We must, excuse me, we must come to grips with that. Hell is a place of torment, pain, and isolation. People think, oh, it's okay. I'll be in hell with my friends. I can't say what your friends are going to do or not do in eternity. If you say this, if they're there and you're there, you won't be together. You'll be isolated. Now, it's unclear uh, that if you'll even know who else is in hell with you. And if you do, it will not be to bless you or encourage you or comfort you. It will be, well... It would make you sad and more miserable. Hell is a state of reality. I heard a sermon one time, and, and the, the guy made two points about hell. It's a place where it gets in your mind and it gets on your body. It's a place where you think about what's going on and you feel what's going on. And I'm not saying it just right, and I'm kind of paraphrasing uh, what he said, and you know, I didn't write the points down. But the truth is, hell is a place of reality. You feel it outwardly, and you know it inwardly. Hell is a place of suffering. I can't imagine what it's like uh, to suffer like that. I mean, if you have bad bad knees or bad backs or bad shoulders, or maybe you have all of those. I, I have some experience with some of those things, and I know a little bit about pain and suffering at times. I understand that. There are things I used to do without thinking about it, and things <laughs> when I think about today, I go, oh, no, I can't do that anymore. Well, that kind of suffering is not what we're talking about. We're talking about a suffering worse than you've ever experienced. That was a place of pain, personal pain. Can you imagine what it would be like to think day after day, moment after moment, time after time, that you could have come to Christ, that you could have accepted his invitation, 
And many people say, hey, you know what? I felt it. I knew it. I was convicted of my sin, but I just couldn't come. Joe didn't come, or Mary didn't come, or Billy didn't come, or whatever it was. And, and I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to be left out. And I didn't want to. But now there you have your pain. And you deserve it because you didn't come to Christ. That's not my values. That's not my you know, estimation of you personally. It's just the truth. Because we fail to come to Christ, we deserve the pain we receive in hell. That's what the Bible teaches Hell's a place we go because we rejected God's offer of forgiveness. That, that's simple. We don't go because we've done something in life. We go because we didn't do something in life. We didn't come to Christ. Everything we have done that is wrong can be forgiven. Now, listen, I'm so bold, and you go, oh, my gosh. Listen, I know that. I understand that. But we can be forgiven, should be forgiven, hope to be forgiven. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have been forgiven because I pray for forgiveness, and I am sorry for my sin. And when I, when I do sin, and I do because... We never conquer it totally this side of heaven. I confess it and repent of it. There are certain kinds of people in hell. Uh, for example, there's the unsaved. Well, of course there are. Uh, you say, of course, that makes sense. They're the unrepentant. Yes, right, Brother Danny. Uh, basically, the unsaved, because they didn't come to Christ, the unrepentant, they knew they should have repented, but they didn't. There are also the self-reliant. They depended on themselves instead of God. The self-deceived. They thought they could do it themselves. They thought they could get there. They thought there was no big deal. And then there are the religious. Oh, they said lots of things that sounded religious, but they were not saved. There are good people there. There are people, there will be people in hell that did good things, but they didn't do the one thing that gets you to heaven. They didn't make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. There'd be bad people there. People did horrible things, terrible things. No, no, no remorse while they were here, but they'll be remorseful there. They'd be corrupted people. You know, history books and our history are, are filled with people who were corrupted and who took part in a lot of corruption. And people often mistakenly say, well, they get away with it. They do. No, they don't. No, they don't. That catches up with you in hell and you pay a price. There'd be morally upstanding people, people who just didn't, you know, had moral rules, moral fiber, whatever you want to say, but they didn't come to Christ. The reality of hell and people going there does not break your heart and stir your soul, then it's time we do some things. Uh, stop in your tracks and rethink your thoughts. If you can say today that, that, that the fact that people go to hell doesn't bother you, then you've not been touched by the love of Christ. We are to go in all the world and make disciples. That is part of Jesus telling us, hey, don't just rest in our salvation. Make sure you do everything you can to help other people be saved. The reality of hell and people going there does not break your heart, stir your soul. It's time to clear your mind and realize that the worst possible thing is dying without Jesus. You know, to be today people think this is the worst thing, that is the worst thing. The worst thing in the world is to die without Christ. Open up your heart. If the thought of people going to hell today doesn't bother you. Open up your heart to the love of Jesus, but also the truth of Jesus who plainly and often taught on hell. Jesus put his stamp on hell. He made very clear the things that we should think about, uh, the things that we should know about hell. He, he made it clear it wasn't the place that you should want to go, try to go, or attempt to go. That's why, that's why we need to remember that people are not, are, are not in hell because of their personal heritage. They didn't have to go there. You don't inherit hell, but you do go to hell because of what you didn't do in, in the world. People are not saved. Uh, 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 people are not in hell because their individual blessings in life are like thereof. Our personal blessings in life have nothing to do with their eternal state. Nothing. 
People are not in hell because of their family ties, and they're not saved because of their family ties. People are in hell because they did not accept our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. You say, well, Brother Danny, what do we do? How do we fix it? Where do we go? Well, I think there's some things we do. First, we need to understand the grace of God. The grace of God flows through and around and in people. And it will, if people let it, bring a change in their heart. But there are two things we must understand about the grace of God. We cannot control it, and we shouldn't try to. And we cannot direct it, and we shouldn't try to. We should pray for the grace of God to flow on everyone, everywhere, all the time. You say, Brother Danny, anybody's not going to be saved? No, they're probably not. But we need to pray that people are saved. Don't limit it. Don't limit it. Don't limit it. Don't limit it. Make sure that, you, that you're doing everything you can to have the grace of God pour out on everyone. Then we should start loving in the grace of God. You know, years ago, uh, people came up with a way to encourage us to be the people God wants us to be. And, and, it, and it was just a simple little saying. And I don't know who came up with it first. I, I ran into it. I know it's due to life, but I've seen it so many other places. I'm not sure they get credit for it. But uh, the saying went like this, love God, love people. And the truth is, when you love God, you will love people. You, that doesn't go in reverse. Loving people doesn't bring you to a love of God. But loving God will, if you let it work in your life, bring you to a love of people. And we must start loving in the grace of God. It is that grace of God that brings us to the understanding that we need to love people. We need to care for people. We need to do everything we can to help people. We need to start living in the grace of God. That means we let go of the people who wrong us or, or do things they shouldn't do or... And there's a list, you know, we just need to live in the grace of God that, you know, that covers a multitude of sins. It gets beyond what happens. We need to offer a hand, offer a hand of love to those who are not saved or or who don't care by the grace of God. We must keep doing what we know to do, what's right to do. We must keep going in the direction we need to go. We need to understand that the world needs change. If there's no change, there's no salvation. And we need to come to Christ. We need to make sure that we have given our hearts to him, our souls to him, our spirits to him. And we need to make sure that we have done what we need to do. Listen, today, right now, you and I, uh, we're in a position, I hope, because we've received Christ, that we're trying to do the best we can. We see we see what's wrong and we see what's happening and we don't we don't take part of that. We don't become part of that. We do do the best we can to help people understand their need to come to Jesus, their need to make a, a difference in their life. My prayer for you and my prayer for myself is that we will live our life in such a way that we will honor what Jesus told us to honor, that we will, will be the light that Jesus uh, talked about. Yes, it's heartbreaking or should be heartbreaking that people go to hell. It should bring us to an understanding. Paul had to get there. We we begin that study with Paul reading and uh, with reading Paul's words in Romans chapter nine and understanding about his desire to see his people saved. There's a few things about about that I want to remind you. It wasn't Paul's fault that his people weren't saved. They weren't saved because of their decision to reject the Messiah, to re- reject Jesus Christ. Someone they had been promised was coming and told was coming, and they rejected him not our fault in America that people aren't saved. And maybe we play a role with the word getting out. I am not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. It's not our fault we live in an unsaved nation. But it is our responsibility to do the very best we can to get the word out that we might see real revival. Now I, I, I do not believe and a lot of people do, so I'm not gonna say no one does. 
I do not believe it's too late. I do not believe it's over. I believe real revival can come. I believe the nonsense that's happening currently is a reminder that men are moving in the darkness, and yet there's an unrest there. There's an unhappiness there. There's a lack of fulfillment there. And I believe if we start shining the light of Christ on everything, everywhere, on everybody, that we can see people move and we can see people come to Christ. Instead of being brokenhearted, we can be part of a great move, a great revival, but we have to wake up and we have to speak up. Paul knew that he could not take his people's place as much as he wanted to. You know, often God's people come to a place where they understand that they can't trade the place, their place, with with others. Moses came to that, and, and you can go back and look it up. He begged God, listen, let the people be saved and let me be accursed. That's basically the same thing Paul is doing. It's what happens to the soul that understands understands the pain, the heartache and the reality that comes with hell. But it's not a, it's not something that can happen. Everyone has to get saved because of their experience with Christ. They have to get saved because they came to Jesus, not because you came to Jesus and passed it along. There's a thing called nepotism in our world, and people pass along things to their children and give them blessings and give them prestige and positions because they had it. And, and I, you know, it's not always good. It does hurt some. But people like to do that. Parents like to provide for their children. But we can't do that when it comes to hell. We can't say, oh, I love you. You take my, I'll take your place there. You take my place there. I can't do that. It doesn't happen that way. It's whoever calls upon the Lord shall be saved. People don't call upon the Lord aren't going to be saved. And so we have to understand that. We have to go to work. We can't take their place. Not our fault. We can't take their place. In many instances, those who Paul spoke to weren't interested in hearing what he had to say. In many instances, those that we try to talk to will not be interested in what we have to say. But we need to keep saying it as Paul kept saying it. We need to pray for people to come in and share with them as Paul prayed that. Sometimes we just plant the seeds and later others see the harvest. My prayer is today that the words you speak, the life you live, the reminders you provide of God's goodness and grace and mercy plant the seeds in people's life to come to Jesus. And my prayer is that people will harvest the, you know, find a mighty harvest and, and bring souls into heaven where you have planted the seed. I believe everything we do for Christ matters, and I believe, I believe that there's a result. But I believe part of growing is understanding. We can play a part, but we can't do it all. But the question is, are we playing our part? I hope that you are, and I hope that you will. And I hope that in the days to come, you will remember the reality of hell and be brokenhearted over people who seem to go that way. Now, don't, don't, be, don't, don't be confused or misunderstand when, you, when people you try to witness to and share with ignore what you say and mock you for saying it. We're in a time of civil unrest in our nation. Don't panic. I'm not going back on my word. And I saw yesterday a picture I see every time, it seems, when civil unrest comes. So it's an old picture. It's been around a while. But it's taken of, of what was then at least a young lady, I would say in her late teens, early 20s. Well, the T-shirt is said is, I'm proud to be on my way to hell. Well, people laughed and snickered and they show it. But the only reason she said that, the only reason she wore that shirt is somewhere she had heard about heaven. Somewhere somebody had shared the truth with her, or at least part of it, or she had heard it. Maybe she grew up in a Christian home, I don't know. But the truth is, 
At the time that shirt was taken, those seeds hadn't been harvested. They hadn't taken hold. I don't know what happened later. I'd almost love to see a picture of that lady today and hear what she has to say. Did she stay on the path to hell? Don't know. I want to argue with it. If she said that's where she was going, probably where she was going at the time. But I know this. Jesus would forgive her, and Jesus will forgive her if, he, if she hadn't come that way yet. My prayer is she does, and Jesus will forgive us. Listen, I hope today you live the life that God wants you to live. But if you don't, I hope that you confess it. And tomorrow morning when you get up, you live the life that God wants you to live. The rain is falling now, and falling pretty hard here. I don't know what it's like where you are, but I know this. The rain's going to end, and the sun will come again. And today in your life, if the rain has fallen, because of your sin, or maybe because of your brokenness, you've remembered, hey, I've got this friend, I've got this relative, I've got this coworker, I've got this colleague that's unsaved. I pray the sun shines and their life is changed by the power of Christ. I pray you have a good day, a great day. I pray you drive carefully. Hey, let us know what you thought. Let us know if you enjoyed it or learned something. Let us know if we bored you to death. Just let us know. I'd love to hear from you. DS Preacher Man at gmail.com, all lowercase. Send us a note. Send us a text. We'd love to get them. Say, hey, Brother Danny, I think this or think that or thank you for this. Whatever it is. Look, we're trying to learn. We're trying to get better at this. We've, been, we've done a few now. We hope we've gotten better. But as I said, in the first one I did this morning, I got way off track and had to redo it. And I don't like doing that because I like you to hear. I like you to hear what I have to say the first time because that's generally, that's generally the most important. And I just have to change a lot when I do it again. But anyway, let us know what you think. Praying for you. Let us hear from you at DK Ministries. Unless you've got a prayer request, send it to us at DK Ministries. We'd love to pray on that prayer list. Love to send it out. Love to, love to post it. I'm going to post a new one in a minute. In fact, we'll see you later. God bless you. Have a great day. Stay dry. Stay safe. And let us hear from you. And today, share the good news of Christ with someone you get a chance to. See you later.